Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Grab your syllabus. Let's go ahead and just overview. We're doing things different. We're going through semesters and we are learning uh, this semester the book of Hebrews. And so if you don't have a syllabus, would you raise your hand and our ushers will bring you one if you need one. We have two on this side, one right here. And these are for you to keep throughout the whole duration of this semester. Um, they're yours to write in. They're used to, yours to keep notes. And if you notice on the back of every one of these booklets, we've got extra reading. Uh, if you want to go deeper into the book of Hebrews, that book is, is there available for you at the Connection Center. And we want to help disciple you. We want to teach you. We want to help you grow. How many of you have been growing spiritually since you've been coming to Riverside Church? Raise your hand if you can feel growth in your life. Everything healthy grows. Everything healthy grows. So we're going to go ahead and get into this. And once more, it's so good to have everyone here. And it's good to have the Montez family with us. <laughs> Little Addison. And Jessica was one of our daughters. More than she had any position, she was here with us. And Justin was one of our directors as well, one of our spiritual sons. And this couple was here with us when we pretty close to the very beginning of when we started this church but God called them to Oklahoma and Kansas sorry Kansas and uh well I don't know where he's at but I'm I know you're here that's a good thing right but you know people people come into your life for a reason some for a season and some for a lifetime and, and those people that God sings in your life are treasures and their gifts so every relationship is so important how many of you believe that life moves by the speed of relationships? That's how it works. So let's get into this. Speaking of relationships, uh, the writer whom we assume to be Paul has a special relationship with the Hebrews. Being a Hebrew himself, he, he goes through and he begins to meticulate um, just every everything from the old system under an old covenant and the sacrificial offering of Jesus Christ, also him being high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And we've learned so much up to this point. And so this Sunday, we're reading chapter 12. And the title for this sermon today is called Winning the Race. The summary, if you will, read with me on your syllabus, at just an overview and a summary of this chapter. Hebrews 12 is a call to persevere looking to Jesus as our example. He endured the shame of the cross to bring us into fellowship with God. In the same way, we should keep our eyes on him as we run the race of life. Someone say, I'm running a race. We have received citizenship in an unshakable kingdom, so let us show gratitude and offer our lives in acceptable service to him. Somebody say amen. 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 Now grab your Bibles. Let's stand in honor of God's word. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. We do this regularly during Sunday services to honor God, to just recognize him that his word has sole authority. And we need to recognize that because how many of you believe that this word of God changes our life? It is. If it wasn't for the word of God, we wouldn't have church here today. We really wouldn't. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, I'm reading out of the New King James. It says this, 
it says that therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and every weight he says and the sin which so easily ensnares us let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising the shame and he sat on the right hand of the throne of God for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted shed bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons, saying, quote, My son. Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor discourage when you are rebuked by him. For the Lord, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Let me rephrase that and tell you what other translations say about this portion. It says, whom the Lord loves, he corrects and instructs, is another interpretation of that. The whole purpose of this, we have to look at it from a perspective of a, uh, a runner. The beginning of this chapter talks about running the race. And, and when you look at this, Paul begins to relate to them through sports. He begins to try to tell them that, that God has actually become their trainer, as a father would train their children and discipline them. This Sunday morning, we're going to talk about how you can win the race. We need to be winning the race. And this is the season for us to learn and to let God use this season to develop us, to grow us, and to make us stronger and wiser and better. For the Hebrews, it was their season of persecution. But for us, it's an opportunity for God to let his light shine through your life and learn and teach you how to win how many of you want to win how many of you want to live life and win every time how many of you want to every time you have a battle you're going to come out ahead every time every time you have a challenge you're going to come out ahead every time every time you've got a difficulty that comes whether financially emotionally or spiritually you will win every time somebody say i want to win come on i want to win now bless the servers yourself ask the lord to touch me Come on, ask the Lord to touch your hearts. Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive every prayer. We thank you for this moment. God, you said your house should be called a house of prayer. So it's a lifestyle for us, God, to come in and ask you just to have your will in this moment again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And you can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing and being here with us and becoming part of this family. It's an exciting thing to see... Um, everybody going through growth track the way they have been and and see all the new faces seeing new people come in and join the the outreach and uh and during this pandemic we've seen nothing but growth and that's a good thing that's a good thing the apostle paul begins to reference sports in, in different settings within the scripture 
that's how we can relate in most cases when we experience something that he references and apply, apply it to a spiritual principle. And so when you look at this, the first one that Paul mentions is wrestling. Uh, he talks to the Ephesians about wrestling in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, and he says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness and heavenly places. Uh, we, we begin to try to understand that concept, and he's trying to teach. So the best way for us to comprehend that, he has to use the example of wrestling. A wrestling event is a one-on-one -on -one contact sport. It's comprised of strength and agility and, and technique. Technique more than anything else. In America now, everyone's very familiar with that type of sport like MMA. A little bit different, but still the same thought concept, at least for most guys. They enjoy seeing that. Some ladies, too. But, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing that you can see someone who is much bigger uh, and, and, and stronger than the little guy, but the little guy who has great technique and smart and his speed will overcome anything that comes at him. And it, it just, uh, it just uh, you got to have a skill for stuff like that. Um, and, and it's very, very intriguing. To me, I've always been intrigued with the one-on-one -on -one challenges of, of any sport and races and, and so forth. But by no means, I would never enter into a ring with anybody unless you paid me really, really good. <laughs> but it's not my thing. You see, I... I can live up to the facts that I've accepted. Some things aren't for me. Uh, I'm okay with that. Um, but the Apostle Paul, he relates to us in this sense, not that you have to be a good wrestler to defeat the devil, but you got to understand the technique because in the spirit, what you're not in the flesh, you can be spiritually. You can be that spiritual. You can, you can walk as a wrestler in the spirit with God flowing through you. The other reference of wrestling in the scripture actually is when Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord, and that's a different type of, of approach now. Now we're talking about wrestling with God in prayer, and, and, and then we engage with God, and, and he overcame, and this is where Jacob had the name change, and Jacob was changed to Israel, and meaning he had a f influence, and he was a prince with God. In the eyes of God, he had a special place. And he was considered the firstborn of God after that. And, and the rest of his people were named after him. And they all carry the name of Israel as a people. And so that's, that's part of winning. When you win, you get a new identity. You, you begin to take on a different perspective and you can approach it. The second thing that Paul writes about is boxing. He begins to talk about boxing, and he says it in 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27. He says that, so I run with purpose in every step, and, and I'm not shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, what's unique about this scripture is that he takes two sports, Racing, running, and shadow boxing. 
What shadow boxing is, it's when someone will stand with, a with the light behind them and then the light will project an image of themselves and then they will mock themselves and fight against someone that's not there. Paul said, I I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not wasting my energy on my self-projection of myself. Because a lot of times we fight battles that really are battles that we concoct, battles that we wrestle with in our own thinking. And shadow boxing would cause you to, to put out and give out and lose your breath over something that's just in your mind, over something that's just there. Paul said, I'm not doing that. Paul said, I'm not wasting my energy. I'm not just shadow boxing. I am running this race and putting my feet on the pavement of salvation, and I am doing something for a good reason. And then we look at this here, and we see that endurance is what we read in Hebrews chapter 12. The endurance that he's referring to now is now that of a racer. And endurance means that you have to learn how to condition yourself at, at, at the resistance and the, and the wear that comes into your body while you're running the race. There's that, that wall. To any runner who understands the concept of hitting a brick wall, hitting that wall of, of exhaustion, uh, once you hit it and you break it, you get a second wind, and that endurance makes a big difference. I read it to you again, Hebrews chapter 12, one in the New Living Translation, and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So now we're looking at this, and he talks about stripping yourself of weight, but then he says, and the sin. So there are two things here, two things here that, that one is not necessarily sin, but it's, it's lawful for us in the sense it's okay for us to do, but it can slow us down. And then there's sin that for sure slows us down. And so we know how to get rid of sin is the fact that, you know, we got to ask God to forgive us, and then he gives us the grace to stop doing it, right? That's common sense. That's where the Spirit of God comes in our life, and that's why we're thankful for the blood of Jesus, because we're forgiven. Somebody say, I'm forgiven. But there are things that are permissible. And how he deals with this is the first point we're going to share with you is this. He says, you've got to lose the weight that slows us down. You've got to lose weight. And I don't think he was really necessarily talking about fat. Let's just be honest. I'm going to be blunt now and just say, I don't know if that's what the weight he was talking of. Because when you look at history concerning the races and the first Olympic races that were established, they were close to nothing when they raced. Because wearing the the toga, wearing the, the robe that they had would interfere with their projection and their strength and their energy. So what they would do most of the time, they would strip down to the bare necessities. That's why in some Olympias, when you do the history, uh, you actually see the engravings on the walls and some of those historical uh, drawings that they had that were marked there, people that weren't wearing anything. That's why in the very beginning, 
That's actually, that's why women weren't allowed to go to the races because of that. But now we've evolved and some, got some humanity and some decency about us. And now you see now that it was about less restriction against the wind. And, and so the Apostle Paul was referencing that. He was referencing that if, if whatever garment you have, lose it, that, that you can run faster. And, and whatever weight you're carrying, get rid of it so you can be more agile and you can be more precise in that movement. When you look at this, it, it makes more sense to see that, that the less distraction or the less weight you have, the faster you become. It reminds me, it reminds me of that story you probably heard about the, the two hikers that went into the forest. And when they went hiking, they had their little knapsacks with them. And they were going, but they came across a bear. And that bear started chasing after them. And these two guys jumped up on a tree, started to climb the tree. Then they looked down, and the bear was chasing after them, climbing up the tree. And one of the guys grabs his knapsack, and he pulls out his running shoes, and he's trying to just put them on up there on the branch and getting it together. And the other guy looks at him and says, what are you doing? The guy says, I'm putting my running shoes on. He goes, why are you doing that? He said, well, that bear's coming up. I figured we'd jump off and just start running. He goes, are you crazy? You can't outrun a bear. He said, I'm not trying to. I just got to outrun you. <laughs> I ain't worried about the bear. If I can beat you, I'm good. And, and, and that's what it really is about. It's about why, why you're running. Our competition, guys, when you hear race in the scripture and when you hear the apostle referencing that, He's not talking about the devil. The devil is not who we are racing. Because the devil was defeated and the one in the race obtains a crown and he can't obtain a crown. He can't win. So his job is to stop us or slow us down or get us to quit. And if we give into it, then it becomes sin. And see, that's where he comes into place. And so now we look at this and realize, you know, the, the, uh, really the, the opponent we've got and the one we're racing against is ourselves. No church is ever in competition with another church. In other words, Christians aren't in competition with other Christians. This is not the perspective. It's really about can you live a pure life and a better life and can you up your game in prayer and can you... Allow yourself to be disciplined to become a better you than what you were yesterday. That's the concept you have to take. You have to take that I don't want to be the same person I was yesterday. I want to be a better person. I don't want to be the same dad I was yesterday. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better mom. I want to be a better child. I want to be a better student. I want to be a better boss, a better employee, a better entrepreneur. Whatever it is, you can't compete against other people. You have to be driven to be your better self, to be what God called you to be. I, I think it's important to understand what slows us down. There are things that are permissible, but they slow us down. They can be okay. It's not a sin, but they'll distract you and amuse you. See, amusement to muse something means to go with 
to, to, to think on something, but to amuse, be amused, takes a negative connotation, which means that it doesn't allow you to think. You're kind of just there. You're amused. So there are things that can even stop your thought process or get your thought process off. For me, I know what slows me down. What slows me down may not slow you down. So that's why I'm not in competition with you. I got to check myself. That's the perspective. They that compare themselves among themselves are what? Not what? Wise is what the scripture says, right? So I look at it from that perspective. I really couldn't understand it fully, really, until I started getting involved in the sport. I've never really been good at sports. I, I tried football. Eh, too much gear. <laughs> not enough Gatorade. Basketball, not that coordinated. Weightlifting, yeah, sometimes when I felt like it. But I remember when I was a kid, I used to love riding bikes. And I thought, let me try that. So a year ago, I tried riding bikes. And I went and bought me a box bike from Academy. And, and I went and put it together. With, it was already together. Just tightened it up, checked it out, did all the checkpoints. And then I started riding and went riding around the neighborhood, went through the whole neighborhood. And, and I, it was like a mile and, and I came back home. I told my wife, I just did a mile, baby. She's like, oh, my God. If you know my wife, okay, anything I do is a big deal, and that's why I love her for it. I mean, I could come in last in any race. My wife still thinks I'm the champion, right? So I walk in, just did it, baby. Came in 100th. My wife brags on me. She's so proud of me. Then I went to the park. I thought, I'm going to try it, go big now. And I went to the park, and I, I, I drove around, engaged out my first three miles, did three miles, went back home, did three miles, baby. <laughs> five miles. Well, I'm a man now, five miles. I'm doing five miles, and all of a sudden, on my fifth mile on my mountain bike, I'm just gassing, and I see this guy at least 60 years old, at least. He had the gray hair, and I can tell, I wasn't judging, I just simply, that guy's an older guy. I'm almost 50, believe it or not. And I'm pedaling as fast as I can, and this guy just, and it looks like he's barely pedaling. And I thought, what? <laughs> In the who is that? Where did they come from? And what is he on? And I, I finally ran into him one day at the park, and I asked him a question. I said, "Man, I love that bike. What what kind of bike is that?" He said, oh, "This is a road bike." I said, "That's super cool." I said, "How many miles do you ride a day?" And this is what shocked me. This guy said, "I'll do about twenty-five a day." I said, "Twenty-five?" I said, "For what?" And why, <laughs> right? Why would you do that to yourself, man? <laughs> I thought about that for a moment, and I said, with zeal, I'm going to do that. So I went and bought a hybrid bike, a mountain bike, 
combined with the sports kind of field fitness bike. It's called a hybrid. It's in between. And I started up in the game. And I did five miles. And I tried doing it again. And I don't want to do that. I want to get on that kind of a path. I want to ride that fast. And it wasn't long. I stopped. I stopped. I didn't do it. I didn't have the drive because I didn't know the why. I didn't understand the why. Very similar to the Hebrew people, when you tell someone to run the race, you have to teach them why they're running it. So the Apostle Paul begins to relate the cross and how Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. He endured. What was the joy? The joy of you and I being saved and the joy of him being with his father and the eternal reward that was coming. And so now you get a different perspective. And he's trying to tell the Hebrew people, this is why you're doing what you're doing. And I got it. I know why I want to ride a bike like that. I want to do it because I want to be around. <laughs> but when we build the next church building, I want to be there with all of you. I, I want to see my grandkids. I want to have grandkids. I want grandkids. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I want grandkids, not puppies. For those of you who are watching online, my daughter's sitting right there. No pressure. I'm just saying. But I know why I do what I do now. So that changed everything. So I began to ride. And then I, I bought one of these. And then I started doing. Now I do about 20 miles a day now. And I thank God for that. But I have a reason why I do it now. It's not a big deal. And then, then I realized um, there's got to even be a greater reason for for living the life that you live and how can I get better at this and I applied the same principles to my spiritual life and I learned how to endure in prayer and kind of sustain longer I've learned that when I listen to this is going to sound practical but this maybe may help somebody I wanted to get a longer prayer life so what I've learned to do was was couple it with my thought process being putting the word of God inside of my mind and my brain before I go to God with scrambled eggs Getting my ducks in a row. Having the right thought process was part of the discipline. So I had to get my thoughts right. And the other thing I had to do, I had to learn how to endure and not just go on a little pleasure ride. I had to learn how to persevere. So I would put on instrumental gospel music to kind of keep the momentum going, to keep it going and keep the music carrying me. And I learned there were certain disciplines spiritually that really correlated to what I was experiencing physically. And, and I'm on a journey right now. I, I'm never going to arrive, but I'm on a journey right now. And I'm learning every single day what it takes to be a better dad, pastor, father, child of God. And there's a reason why you and I are here. But, but you got to figure out what is it that you want to be the best of. And what is it in your life that's restricting you, that's slowing you down, that not, is not necessarily sin in your life, but what's slowing you down? What's the weight? So I'm going to make a confession. Physically, it was donuts. I'm a sucker for donuts. Spiritually, it was Netflix. Don't get quiet on me like 
Oh my God, Pastor Bobby, you're stupid. Is that too strong of a word? For Latinos, it's normal. I grew up like that. Hey, stupid. That was my mom, by the way. And so, I mean, listen, man, if who hasn't binged right on a series, a good series, right? Come on, somebody. And then, and then I had to understand that, okay, there's certain things that are really taking my mind away because now I've become amused with it. It stopped my thinking. And it's, it seems good to release the stress and relax and enjoy yourself. But then I started thinking, if I'm going to be a champion, if I'm going to be a, a good runner, then I have to learn how to go into prayer and let my needs be met there. That's, that's the truth. And there is no other solution for my problems outside of Jesus Christ. I trust him that much. I've experienced him that much. He cares about me that much. And so here's the scripture that, that actually kind of conveyed that, and I had to begin to recognize it, 1 Corinthians 10 and 23 in the New Living Translation. You can write this down and go home and read it. It, it said to the, he said to the Corinthian church, he said, you say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. In other words, Water is a necessity to drink for good health, but too much water can drown you. So what's good for you can become bad for you if you do too much. But the living water, he said, live in abundance and live a life that's in the overflow, and you'll see other things blessed around you. Different concept, but you know what? He's safe. Another thing I had to recognize was, was in my personal life and my character, what things were okay for me to do, if I did, but were bad for me, if they got out of whack or out of balance. So I had to figure out in my own personal life, what are the things I have to cut out? Now, there are some things I just won't do just because I know. For example, for me and my family, I don't drink alcohol because alcoholism runs in my family. Trust me, you don't want to see me with alcohol in my system, I won't, won't be on top of a stage. I'll be on top of a table, and I won't be preaching. It's it just not good for me. None of my family members, none of my kids, nobody, it just, trust me, it's just not a good thing. But Jesus said, I've got the solution. I give you a new wine. Be filled with that. And out of that, you're going to get wisdom, understanding, anointings in your life, favor in your life, and all these things. So God has created alternatives to go and get satisfied by him. And, and then there, there is a big thing in my life with food. Little things, but that thing is permissible. But God didn't, you know... I don't think God's going to bless me going up to the you know, Golden Corral every single day. In fact, everyone in their right mind knows that you can't hit the Chinese buffet every day. It's bad for your health. And someone's going to come around in your life that knows that, and your doctor's going to tell you you need to push away from the table. I mean, professionals will eventually come into your life because that's the accountable life that we live. So there are people in our life that are good at what they do. 
and they give us advice. So physically, I'm just talking about practical things for a moment because it's going to build to the spiritual concept I'm trying to convey to you. Physically, I knew where I lacked knowledge and understanding. So thank God for church. We got doctors in this church. We got uh, we got trainers in this church. We've got Ironmen in this church. Husband and wives have done Ironman before and done many competitions. That's super cool. And so I reached out to them and I said, I need help. I need some advice. And I took their advice and I started to apply it in the physical to be better. But you have to do the same thing spiritually. You have to allow yourself to be mentored and get good examples from people that are doing what you want to do. For example, if you have kids, go find someone that's raising their kids in church and they well behaved in public. Don't find somebody else's kids that are crazier than yours. <laughs> I'm not looking at anybody. I'm looking over your heads right now, okay? I mean, it's common sense, right? You don't ask a poor person for help when you have financial needs, right? They don't have the money either. You're going to be broke together. <laughs> you, you, you don't. If you're dealing with an addiction, you need to find somebody that has been delivered from it, has overcome it, who God has blessed, and, and they'll be there for you. And that's why it's so important to come to church and... And, and we're going to be talking about this soon because every one of you have a ministry. We all have ministries and a crew in this church with a small group is a way you exercise that ministry. Because there are people that need you. They need your gifts. They need your encouragement. People need community. Community is so strong. Coming together is very powerful. It's an important thing. But here's what you got to remember. Here's the second point. And the last point is this, that God disciples winners. God disciples winners. The things that slow you down and slow me down may be different, but the end result is the same. And you got to do a you got to do a personal evaluation and let the let the Holy Ghost begin to deal with you in prayer and talk to you and cut some boundaries and set some boundaries and and make yourself accountable and build community and learn how to grow. See the Hebrews had each other that's why last week in the 11th chapter we read about this and so again the crowd of witnesses that they had in reference they weren't angels they were actually the people in that 11th chapter of hebrews that great cloud of witnesses in other words the hebrews that were getting the getting the message whom paul was writing to was telling them your cloud of witnesses are those that preceded you who were trying to obtain the same thing you're obtaining right now. They're cheering you on. They're supporting you. They're the crowd that's anticipating and watching you win. They want to see you win. So you're not living this life unto yourself. You're actually carrying a legacy. It means something. There's your why. There's the why you do what you do. And then you start recognizing that you are important. Hebrews 12, 5 and 7. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? And he said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. 
and Paul began to write this to them. And he began to explain, for the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each as he accepts his child and as you endure the divine discipline. Remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father? Write this down. If you haven't written it down, uh, if you were here, I don't know. I don't think anybody was here the first service. Write this down. What you don't teach today, you'll have to correct tomorrow. What you don't teach today, you'll have to correct tomorrow. And as a father, as a spiritual father, our heavenly father comes into our life and he doesn't cause the problems, but he says this, I'm going to take this problem and I'm going to take this season and I'm going to discipline or I'm going to train. That word comes from the Greek word that actually references like a trainer teaches. So the Holy Spirit begins to train you in the season you're in. And this is what the apostle was trying to write to the Hebrews. He said, you're being persecuted right now, but let this be an opportunity for the Spirit of God to train you and endure with perseverance as one running a race. Endurance means that it's not about the speed, it's about the longevity. Learning how to live and walk They were being encouraged because they were being persecuted. But God said, you may feel like you're in chaos, but I'm going to make champions out of you. I'm going to train you. I'm going to help you. Here's what you do. And you can't be offended when your father begins to nudge you and talk to you and give you advice or give you conviction. If you feel conviction... Be thankful that your heart is still tender enough that you have not allowed your heart to become hardened where God can't talk to you. Because whom the Lord loves, he trains, he disciples, he helps. One thing I did learn, and I'm learning on this journey, is that In order for me to ride long distances, I had to learn how to breathe properly. I didn't know this, but I never, I was never taught how to breathe right. That may sound crazy, right? I mean, as a parent, I'm thinking, you know, my kids need to learn this too. My kids think I'm crazy because sometimes I come up with, I do research on everything and I start going to the kids and start telling them, hey, you need to take this. This was this vitamin, this mineral does that. Uh, when you breathe, breathe like this. Breathe. And I'm always trying to, always, they're like, oh, my God, here comes dad again. <laughs> what else? I mean, like, like what else? <laughs> but I would hold my breath. I started becoming conscious of it. I would become conscious of it. I would do something strenuous. My, I, would, I would hold my breath. And when I would ride the bike and I'd do stuff like that, I would hold my breath at times and then take a big breath. And then I was out of sync with it. And then I learned if you breathe from up here and up the chest, you're limiting the breath, the capacity that your lungs could hold. And the nerve endings that are in your upper chest are activated and it causes the fight or flight emotions to be released in your body. Did y'all catch what I just said? But if you breathe through your stomach, by sticking out your stomach, then you fill your lungs with the full capacity of oxygen. And then the nerve endings that are there relaxes your entire body. 
put you at ease. So I learned how to ride bike with breathing properly to get enough oxygen. What most people have trouble with with their Christian walk and their embracing is they've not learned how to properly pray. They pray out of fear, worry, and anxiety, and it puts them in a fight or a flight or fight mode where they're not allowing the presence of God to fill them. They're only going to God with one issue or problem and limiting God from filling them up. This is why when you pray, it's like breathing spiritually. Your spirit man needs the Holy Ghost like your body needs oxygen. And so when you learn how to pray, you have to pray from a different perspective of peace, calm, confidence, faith. Because God can't do anything with your wine. God can't whining. <laughs> now that's funny. I almost said something else. But anyway, <laughs> I love messing up, man. It's, that's my funny, messing up. That's me. God can't do anything with your whining. God can't do anything with the worrying. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to them who diligently seek him. So when you go to prayer, don't give in to your feelings. Don't give in to what you see. Go by faith and know who Jesus is and say, I'm going to persevere through this thing. I'm going to stay calm in this thing. I'm going to be consistent in this thing. It's not about the speed. It's about the consistency. It's not about how you started. It's about how you finish. It's about he who endures to the end shall receive a reward. So no matter what, don't give up. Don't give up. You know how discouraging it was when I first started writing? You know what the most discouraging thing was for me? Being overweight, I've lost some. I'm not there yet. I'm shrinking like it's taking some time, but it's okay. But I, I know there's change happening. But you know what was the most frustrating thing is when I got on the bike and I'd break a spoke. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, don't feel sorry for me. It's actually kind of funny when we're, you know, I'm riding down the road. I'm all happy and get going, and I feel like I'm getting it, listening to the Rocky music, Right? Okay, who, Okay, what do you listen to? <laughs> All of a sudden, another spoke, another spoke, another spoke. Every week, I had to call roadside service, honey. I broke another spoke. I'm in Quero. Finally lost enough weight where I'm not breaking spokes anymore. Praise God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here, here's why I'm saying this. You do get to a place with your walk with God where those hang-ups don't hang you up anymore, where those devils don't mess with you anymore, where those spirits don't slow you down anymore, where you're not offended anymore because you're walking in the love of God, where you're not being touched and messed around with the little devils because you've learned how to pray and soar up to another level in your spirit. 
You've learned how to pray in the spirit. You've learned how to use the word of God. Yeah, you can live in a place where you're not attacked by your old addictions. But now you become addicted to Jesus and you've learned how to praise him. You've learned how to worship him. You're not addicted to anything else. So you don't have a hang up. Come on, somebody. You don't have these things bothering you anymore. But you've endured. You've learned how to pray. You've learned how to walk. You've learned how to live the life. You've learned how to live it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And this is what the Apostle Paul was telling them. I close with this thought here. I've got more scripture, but I'm going to leave it alone. If you want my notes, go on the app, look on sermon notes, and you can have all my notes from today. Go, that's why we put them on there, for you to go and print them out at home if you want them. The closing thought is this. If you know the reason for the race, it's easy to let go of whatever slows you down. If you know the reason why you are living for God, it's got to be more than just going to heaven. That, that, that drives us. That's a reward. I, I, I get that. But there's more to that. It's about making a difference in your community. It's, it's about making a difference in your family's life. It's about bringing your entire family there with you. It's about changing the world. It's, it's, and it doesn't take money. It takes commitment and love. Now, the money is important, and, and God uses it, okay? But God doesn't need your money. You need his blessings. That's right. That's a fact. We serve God. We, 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 we let God, we worship him with everything we've got, and we pay first fruits of that because he's the Lord of all. We don't own none of it. He owns everything. So now it's really a matter of stewardship, and that's another whole semester series. But here's the point. Some of the most influential people in the world ever were people that didn't have a lot of money like Gandhi. Not even of the same faith. Changed the whole nation. Got them out of a, of, 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 of a kingdom that was overseeing them that they wanted freedom from. And guess the principles, guess what principles he applied to that to that to that race that he was in he used the bible he, he he copied jesus go look at the history it was jesus that they looked at for the example this man gandhi he said i would have become a christian if it wasn't for the christians because people depend on you people are looking at us it's about making a difference in other people's lives. It is. And, and, and if you know how to run the race properly and you get a, everything away and out of your life that slows you down, you can be more effective. You can be more effective in your world. Be on point. God will speak to you and God will use you and God will bless you and God will, but you got to get rid of the weight. Whatever that might be in your life, everyone has to identify it. Here's the challenge for the week. Here's the challenge. Fast at least one day from the things that slow you down. I don't care what it is. It, 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 may, be a, it may be a toxic relationship. I don't know. It could be a person that just, you know, is not good for your, for your spiritual character. It could be a thing. It could be Netflix. It, 
could be Disney. <laughs> I don't know. It could be music. It could be anything. Whatever it is, the Holy Ghost knows. But whatever it is, it may be a lack of discipline. But we challenge you this week. Do everything it takes this week to be a champion. To run the race. Will you stand to your feet here this Sunday morning? Will you just lift up your hands and just press into his presence as we leave? If you're here and if you're watching online and you're not giving your life to Jesus, we want to give you that chance right now. We want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your blood. Lord, forgive us of our sins. And God, for those that are watching, for those that are praying for the first time, we ask you, God, to come into their life. God, be their Lord, be their King, be their Savior, be their champion. Today, dear God, we pray that you would just forgive them and wash them of all their sins. Father, we make you the Lord of our life, and we ask you to move and take that residence in our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Now, for everyone that's here, that's been in the race, that's been conditioning, and maybe you've been struggling with some things that, that keep creeping up today. We set you free from it today. If you'll raise your hands, let me pray for you. I believe that the anointing on this house far supersedes anything you may be dealing with. So we're going to pray an impartation. We're going to pray that God would give you the resiliency, that God would give you the perseverance, that you would have a tenacity, that you would have a fervency in your spirit to get up every day and to simply learn how to condition your spiritual life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray today every weight that has been resting on your people to be gone now, to be gone today, to be gone right now. And Father, lift up every burden. Let the peace of God come and move every distraction out of their life. For everyone here that has distractions, maybe someone's in a cycle. Maybe someone keeps going through a cycle. Break the cycle today with your blood. Break it today, Father. We speak against every curse, every negative word that's been spoken over their lives. We speak against generational curses as well. We speak against the sins that have been passed down to the third and to the fourth generation. All those things, God, today today and we say God give us faith today let faith arise inside of your people and let them come out God with a shout of praise God and a warring spirit and a worshiping spirit and a loving spirit with the confidence that you God will see them through and that they will have what it takes to continue God and to run and to run as champions in Jesus' name we pray and somebody say yeah Amen Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend For more information about who we are visit RiversideChurchTX.com